Thank you, Tim. Thank you, choir. And everybody that knows he's faithful said amen. God has been some kind of good to us. Good to see y'all this morning. Good to be. It's the first morning I could talk. I have been doing anything from whispering to frog impersonations for about a week and a half. So it's good to have a little voice where I can maybe, maybe spend a little time. I know y'all hoping it runs out quick, so we'll be out at a reasonable time, right? If you want to be turning in your Bibles this morning, the book of Matthew chapter 9. Matthew in chapter 9, uh, visitors, good to, good to have you guys. If I didn't get to meet you at the door, if you don't mind, there should be a packet of information there in front of you. If you don't mind, if you take and fill out that Connect card, I'd love to meet you after church. If you've got a minute to come down, if not, if you just put that card in the black box out there in the foyer, greatly appreciate it. Raquel said we have angel trees this morning that are available out there for the Christmas angel trees. If you guys don't mind, Raquel, you'll be in the foyer after church. Come on, make sure you get those. We just want to be a blessing to some people, amen. Will be a blessing. Great, it's a great opportunity to be able to, to, to have and to do and things for others. So I would appreciate you to take care of that. <clears throat> um, certainly this week, Thanksgiving coming up. I know one time, I, I, I think it was Easter, but I, I preached a message and afterwards somebody said something about it. I didn't even preach about the, the holiday, something. Well, let me just tell you, I'm not a holiday preacher. Uh, I, I am, I am. This is what God has given me for this week, for such a time as this. And if I ever had any doubt about uh, I was supposed to be preaching on faith today and not on Thanksgiving, they just consolidated that. It's all about faith. He will be faithful to the end. Amen. But I do wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving coming up this week. I hope you get some time, some family time, some together time, and some off work time, and some hunting time, and some football time, and whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it, is that, whatever it is that you like, man, God gives us the desires of our heart. Matthew chapter number 9, Jesus has been walking among the people. He's been teaching the people. He's been teaching the multitudes and healing the sick. And beginning in verse number 35, it says that Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse number 36 so that when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as having as a sheep, having no shepherd. He said unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. I want to look for a few minutes this morning at a title simply by faith. God, thank you so much for your faithfulness, God. Thank you for your love, your mercy. Thank you for looking out among us and having compassion on people, Lord, and that your compassion reached down and saved us, God, and, and that you poured out your spirit onto us, Father. Thank you for your never-ending mercy. Thank you for loving us in spite of us. Thank you for this, your church, God, that we can come together as your people, brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I pray that everything we do today would be pleasing to you and you alone. We love you, God. You've been good to us. It is our heart's desire that we would be laborers that we'd be servants. Will you help us, Father? Help us to leave this place a better servant. We love you. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen. amen. So the Bible says there that Jesus looked out on the people and, and he had compassion on the people. His heart, his heart was broken because of the condition of, of the people. He saw them in their burdens. And it's not just not just burdens of the body, it's, it's burdens of the mind. How, how many of you know what I'm talking about? There's burdens of the mind that are worse than burdens of the body. There, there's burdens of the spirit that's worse than bur burdens of the body are bad enough. Sinus infections and garbage junk is bad enough. But when the spirit is troubled, everything's troubled. And he's looking out among some people that, that their spirit is troubled. They're, they're burdened down by the things of the world. And they're burdened down by all the stuff that's going on. And, and they're looking for something. They're, they're looking for the truth. That's why they're following Jesus. That's why they're listening to Jesus. Because they're, they're, they're trying to find something. He says they're just, they're wanderers. They're like sheep that, that don't have a, a, a shepherd. And, you know, the truth is people today are still looking for something. That hasn't changed. 
People today are just lost, and most of them don't know what they're looking for. In all honesty, they don't really know that they're looking for something. But here's reality. When Adam and Eve sinned in that garden, the spirit died. And from that moment forward, there's a void inside of a man that drives us to search for something. It is that void that makes us search out. And it's the Holy Spirit is the only thing that's going to fill it. But they don't want to hear from a church. That's not what they're looking for. They don't want to hear from the book. They don't want to hear from you Christians. They don't want to hear from preachers. So they search inside all the wrong places. They're searching inside of liquor bottles. They're searching inside of pill bottles. They're searching in, in the bar rooms. And, and they're, they're searching all these different places. They're, they're searching internet and pornography. They're, they're looking for something in garbage. They're looking in satisfaction. And what they're searching for is things that, that gives a temporary pleasure to the flesh, but it does nothing for the spirit. So, so they remain in their burden. Some of them, it's about work. They think maybe they, that they can climb the corporate ladder and, and that'll help them. Or maybe they can build a bigger bank account and, and, and that'll help them. For some, it's about hobbies and, and involving and taking up their time and, and just anything to keep your mind off the stuff. And, and so they're looking for all this stuff. The fact is something is missing. And they are trying to find anything to fill the void. But there is only one thing that can fill the void. His name is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, son of the living God that has died on Calvary's cross. And it is the Holy Spirit that will come in and fill the void and give us unspeakable joy. It don't mean you're always going to be happy, but you're always going to have joy. It don't mean you're not going to go through some hard times, but you're always going to have joy. It doesn't mean the world's not going to come against you, but you're always going to have joy. It doesn't mean you won't have days when your heart is broken at things in this life, but you're always going to have joy. Because once that void has been filled with the Holy Spirit, it is unspeakable joy that can't be taken away. So Jesus looks out across this field of people. He says the harvest, it truly is plenteous, but the laborers few pray ye therefore the lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest so jesus gives us a picture of looking out across a vast field a, a, a crop field and and it's been planted and it's grown to maturity and now it has produced its fruit and it is time to go out and to gather the crop it, it is time to gather the the fruit into the barns now in that day, you know, they, they didn't just keep people on the clock all the time. They, they would hire day laborers and they would get the fields planted because it was all by hand. They didn't have these big million-dollar tractors that you set the program remote and they go out and plow hundreds of acre fields and even if nobody was in them, they had to do it all by hand. It was all till. So they did day laborers to get in the ground. And then you waited on the Lord to provide the rain and to grow it up. <clears throat> but when it becomes the harvest season, they would begin to get day laborers and they, they would bring people in. Now in Matthew chapter 19, Peter asked Jesus a question. He said, what's our reward going to be? We, 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 we surrendered everything. Well, well, we, we've given up everything just to follow you. And, and what Peter want to know is because we're following you and, and we've been following you this time and, and longer than others and we surrendered everything. He said, what, 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 is our, what is ours going to be? What's our part going to be? So Matthew chapter 20, Jesus answered the question with a parable. And he talked about there was a man, he had a field and the fields had produced and it's time for the harvest. And he goes to the marketplace and the, the people would have been gathered there in the marketplace for their day laborers. <clears throat> They're gathered there to work. And, and the man would have went and he would have called out those day laborers. And he, he said, hey, if you guys will go work in my field for a day, I'll pay you a denarii. He said, done deal. So they leave and they go work in the field. That's the third hour of the day. At the sixth hour of the day, the man comes back by <clears throat> and there's more day laborers gathered up. And he said, I'll pay you a, a denarii for the day. And they went out and they joined them in the field. At the ninth hour, Jesus said he came by again and he hired those that was there to go out and work. But then he came by at the 11th hour. And Jesus said there was men standing around and, and the landowner, I said, why are you men here? Why are you not working? And, and they said, because nobody hired us today. And he said, go to my field, work the remainder of the day. And what Jesus said was at the end of the day, they came forward to get paid. And the ones who was hired right there at the end of the day, at the 11th hour and just worked a couple of hours, 
The man gave him a denarii. He did the same for the ninth hour and the sixth hour. So when the ones that for the third hour came, they were expecting more money. And, and the Bible says, Jesus taught, it said that, that he paid them their denarii. And they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We, we worked the whole day. You, you gave them, a, we bore the heat of the day. We worked through lunch. We did it all. They, they came in and worked a couple hours in the evening and they got the same thing. And the man said, what, what are you upset about? Did, did we not agree this morning that you were going to work in my field for a day and, and I was going to pay you a denarii? He, he said in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 14, take that as thine and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. See, that's exciting for a lot of people. See, it doesn't matter if you got saved as a small child. It doesn't matter if you're a Nathan Prather that's already writing sermons. Robin says he's the next Billy Graham. <laughs> if you're a child that already you see a God's calling on a life and, and you lived your whole life serving God. Or if you're in your 80s and got saved last week. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. There's a place prepared that's not sorted out. See, Jesus isn't concerned as much really about how many hours we had in the field or how many years we had in the ministry. What Jesus is concerned about is right now. Are we faithful today? Are we serving God with what we have today? Jesus looks at his disciples and says, pray ye the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers. Well, that, that's the same that's the same instruction for today. The book hadn't changed, so the instruction hasn't changed. Here's what you, you are disciples. You're Christians, you can call it what you want, but you are, you are, we are to be disciples of Christ. That, that is the calling as Christians. And what Jesus says to his children, to his disciples, is to pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers. But I want to do more than that. I don't want us to just pray for the Lord to send forth laborers. I want us to volunteer. I said, I don't want us to just pray for the Lord to send forth laborers. I want us to volunteer. I don't want us to sit on the sideline and pray for the Lord to send other people to do his work. I want us to say, here am I, Lord. Send me. I'll go. Send me into the field. Use us to reach out into the harvest and, and bring people in. See, we are saved to serve. I'm not sure where your bulletin starts, but I'm pretty sure that one's on there. We are saved to serve. We, we come into this church. Dale and I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and he's mentioned that somewhere some church had a sign. I'm pretty sure Rock Springs over at Benny Tate's also. I think I saw it when we went to that leadership training conference. Pretty sure they have those signs there. But it says, enter to worship, leave to serve. That, 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 is, that is our motto. We come here to worship a risen Savior, to worship the one who has purchased and redeemed our souls. But we leave here having been charged up, having been energized by the word to, to go out and serve. Luke chapter 9, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. It says that he told them, you're to, you're to go out, you are anointed. I want you to understand, they are empowered to go out and to heal the sick, to cast out devils, to, to um, heal leprosy, to raise the dead. They are anointed by Jesus. They are appointed to go out and do a work. And he says, any man won't hear you, you, you just shake the dust off your shoes when you leave that city. But they're given an assignment. He, he sends them out <clears throat> in chapter 10, that, that was the twelve. In chapter 10, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also. And he sent them out two and two before his face into every city and place where the, he himself would come. So he sent the 12 out. Now he sent 70 others out to do the work. And, and then according to Luke, he tells them the same thing. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. But then Luke adds that Jesus said this, go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. See, it's one thing to, to note there from verse number two, that, that is his harvest. We're simply the laborers. 
The harvest belongs to the Lord. We're part of the harvest. Somebody say amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're part of the harvest, but, but the harvest is his. We're, we're simply laborers. We won't be held accountable for whether or not they accept Christ. We will be held accountable for whether or not we tell them about Christ. So, so the harvest is his, but if we will supply the labor, he will supply the increase. If we'll just do our part, he'll be faithful to do his. So he says, go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. It's not like Jesus doesn't understand the environment that you're in. Well, Lord, you just don't understand. Have you seen today's world? Do you know what's going on out there? They don't want to hear what we got to say. It hasn't changed. Back in, back in Genesis 6, the heart of man was desperately wicked and thought of evil continually. And God had determined he'd destroy man. Till a man of faith came along named Noah. So the, the wickedness is nothing new to God. Sodom and Gomorrah was wicked. That's nothing new to God. Nineveh was wicked. That's nothing new to God. It's not like Jesus doesn't understand what we're up against. It's not like he doesn't know the score out there and understand the mentality of people in the world and all the attractions and all that's there. He knows exactly what we're facing, but that doesn't change the job. He knows that people don't want to hear. Let, let me ask you a question. How many of you before you got saved, every time somebody tried to talk to you, you didn't want to hear it? Come on, come on. I ain't on one by myself. Get your hands up. I didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to hear it. I grew up in church. I heard all that I wanted to hear. I'm out and done now. I'm, I'm through that. See, they're in the same boat of such for some of you. They're exactly where we were. But the Holy Spirit was enough to draw me. Then it's enough to draw them. If it's enough to draw you out of yours, it's enough to draw them out of theirs, right? So, so if we just do the work, he'll supply the increase. It's been more than 40 years. It's 40 somebody years. I don't even remember how many years. Certainly better than 40 that, that a there was a group of men, a group of people, I should say people, they gathered on this hill. They prayed and they asked God for some things. They prayed and they asked God for a building right here on this hill and it's sitting right over there. That, that's an answer to a prayer right over there. We call it the youth chapel. That's the original church. They asked God for some things. One of them was a building. There sits a building. But they weren't looking for a building. They asked God for a church because the building's not a church. The, the church is us. The, the church is the people. And they prayed and they asked God for a building. They, they asked God for, for a church. And the church, of course, we know we're the bride of Christ. And we know the marriage supper of the Lamb is coming. We know Jesus is coming to get us. But while we're here, we are the gathering of the laborers. We, we come in here to get charged up so that we might go out and do the, the work of the Lord. I, I know every church claims... <laughs> If you ask them, well, what, is, what is your church want to do? Oh, we want to, we want to see souls saved. Pretty much every church, I guess, is going to say it. But the fruit is the evidence of the work. And you look at church after church after church, they ain't seen a convert in years. They, 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 I mean, they, a lot of churches don't even offer an invitation at the end of the messages anymore. And, and so everybody claims to... Well, our, our purpose for existing as a church is, is soul winning, but you, you really don't see any of that in, in the evidence of what they do. I, I can honestly say when we came to this church in 1995 in that building next door, since I've been here, this has been a soul winning focused church. This has been a church that's always been focused on reaching people on, on the outside. And, and, and so our job now is to labor, and, and not just to labor, but we're to labor in the things to, to reach lost souls. See, we can work ourselves to death trying to do ministries to please us and make us happy and make sure we enjoy what's going on around here. That's called inward focus. And inward focus is necessary to a small degree, but it can't be the main thing. Because when we become so inward focused, we forgot about them. When we become so focused on let's make church about us, let's make sure when I come in, I leave all warm and fuzzy and little tickle feeling and the songs went my way and, and everything was really good. We, 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 are, we are to be servants. So we can't become so inward focused that we forget about our, our purpose Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest to send forth labor. So what does send forth mean? Go. What did he tell the disciples? Go. I, I send you out as lambs among wolves. Go. I, I, our, our job is outside this building. 
We, we are to go out in, into the field. We are to go out into the harvest. And, and if we do the work, it says that we'll gather fruit. So I was, I was thinking about the church and, and here. And, of course, our number one responsibility is to reach the lost. So any ministry that is not either reaching the lost or equipping the saints to reach the lost, it's a wasted motion. It's a lot of work. But I was thinking about the church, and, and we've inherited all of the buildings. They were all built. That building, this building, the old gym, the offices now, children's hall. Everything, we, we've, we've inherited all of the buildings. We've inherited the church that they prayed for. We are sitting in the benefits of their answered prayer. We're, we're here. Anybody know that? We're here because people ahead of us prayed for us to be here. Because people took time to cry out to God and ask God to build a church on this hill. This church, this group, us, we're, we're here as an answer to their prayer. But what I wonder is what will we hand off to the generation behind us? We, we, we inherited something, but, but, but what will the generations behind us get? What, what will it be like? Will, will they be blessed in the fruit of our rewards? Or will they be burdened down by the weight of our failures? Do I need to say that again? One or two things, those that come behind this church, the generations behind us, will they be blessed in the fruit of our rewards? Or will they be burdened down in the weight of our failures? That depends on our prayers. That depends on our work. That depends on our faith. I, listen, I, I pray always, Lord, don't let us be groundkeepers. Don't, don't let us be groundkeepers. I know there's a lot around here that needs to be fixed. I know there's a lot that needs to be done. But God, don't, don't let us be groundkeepers. Let us be trendsetters. Don't, don't let us just be here to take care of what somebody else did. Help us to go forward. Help us to train up a generation behind us. Help us to be more. Help us to hand off more than, than what we inherited in. Help us to build on what's already been done. Use us. Not, don't just send forth laborers. Send us. Send, send, send me. See, I, I don't want to just maintain. I want us to grow spiritually. Anybody want to grow spiritually? Anybody want to be closer to the Lord? I just want us to grow spiritually, and I want us to grow as a church, but not because we went fishing over in somebody else's aquarium and attracted somebody that was sitting on somebody else's pew. I want us to grow as a church because we went out and told somebody about Jesus. They surrendered their heart, got saved, and were looking for a church, and they landed here. With all their brokenness and all their stuff, and, and all just, hey, if they get in your seat, love on them. Give them a couple bucks and tell them it's good to see them. Hug on them and don't, don't ever tell them in your seat. But because they don't know any better. They just got saved. But, but that's not going to happen if we don't go out and, and do the work, right? Lord, help us. Well, see, that, that, that's, what, that's what Judgment Journey is designed to do. It, 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 is, it is designed to work. It is a harvest season. It's what you've prayed about. It's what, it's what you voted. This is what God's given us to do looking forward. He's not telling us to wait till October. The, 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 this has to start now. Judgment journey started the day you voted 95% yes. You, you understand that? Your challenges, your trials, your battles, everything that the devil's going to bring against you, it all started the day that we voted. It, it don't start the, the third week of October. It's already started. And, and, and it has to start here. We, we have to be prepared here. See, if it does nothing else, it gives us an opportunity to serve. But, but knowing what's coming makes us pray, and that gives us an opportunity to serve at work. Do you know just knowing that it's coming will, will open up an opportunity for people to just say something like, hey, I heard y'all doing judgment journey again. All you need is a door open to start a conversation with somebody that you know according to the fruit of their life. They're not saved. And, and just something that simple, it opens the door to let, to let get there. So we all, we already need to be working, but we, we have a, an opportunity come harvest season. I, I, I want to see a great harvest. I don't want it to start then. See, the, the most valuable resource that this church has is you. The most powerful resource that this church has is your prayers. And the greatest strength that this church has is your faith. 
See, everything is by faith. Everything is by faith. There'll come a day when my faith shall be my sight. When I see Jesus, I'll no longer need faith. Angels don't have faith. They don't need it. They're in the presence of God. Those who have gone on before us, they don't have faith. They don't need it. Their faith became their sight. You and I hadn't seen it yet. But though we've not seen, yet they believe. And that's what Jesus said. He said, you got greater rewards even than the disciples back then because you've not seen it, but you've read about it. You've been told about it. You've heard about it. And, and you know about it because the Holy Spirit speaks in it. And, and it is by faith. So, so by faith, we are to build the walls just like Nehemiah. It doesn't matter how loud the enemy gets. It doesn't matter how high the pile of debris may be. It is by faith that we rebuild the walls. It is by faith that we are to build an ark. Even though everybody around may laugh and talk about what it is that you're doing, everything going on, and it's never rained, it doesn't change the method that, that we're to, to build an ark by faith. We are to plant vineyards. You know, when you plant vineyards, you have no control over whether or not they grow. We, we, we are to do the work. We're to plant the vineyards, but then it's up to God to supply the increase. It's up to God. Only God can uh, add water and make the roots grow and put things out. And when they reach full maturity, they produce fruit. I read a quote last week. You guys, I know y'all saw it because y'all do a whole lot more social media. Y'all know I'm like, I don't have it, but I opened, either I was looking for something on Marketplace or I opened that on Instagram. But somewhere I saw the quote. It said, faith doesn't make things easy. It makes things possible. I thought, man, that's good. I screenshot it and stuck it in. So anytime I'm scrolling through pictures, I'll see it again. And it reminded me that faith doesn't make things easy. It makes things possible. Hebrews chapter 11. If you guys don't mind, if you want to be turning in your Bible, Hebrews chapter 11. This won't take but just a minute, and I've got plenty of them. But Hebrews chapter 11 is called the Hall of Faith. And, and everything in this chapter is about people of faith. I, I want to I take a minute, and I, I know you've got a Bible. And I know you can read this yourself. But I, I want to take a minute and just, just read this chapter. We good with that? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were not framed. I mean, that the, that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. You know what that means? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was out form and void and darkness upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And everything right there through Genesis 1 and 2 is all true. It's settled in my heart. You can't change it. You can't prove it by faith. Was I there? Absolutely not. But I know who was. Did, did I see him do it? Absolutely not, but I know what he told me. So, so it is by faith. I, evolution's a lie. You know how I know? Because God told me it is. Yeah. It, 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 there, there wasn't any big bang. There wasn't any explosion. Stuff didn't evolve. God made everything exactly as it is. He made all the trees and all the plants and all the grass and every fish that's in the sea, everything that's in the water, every mammal on the earth. He made mankind on the sixth day. He breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. You know how I know? Faith. By faith, by faith, Abel, he offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him before his translation. He had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse number six clarifies it for us. But without faith, it is. Y'all want to say that word for me? What does that mean? Can't be done. It absolutely cannot be done. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them 
that diligently seek him. Listen, those people, there's a ton of them that go to church. They believe part of the Bible, but they don't believe that, that Noah's a real story, that the Bible, you know, is just exaggerating that the earth was flooded. Well, science has already proven that. The, those that, that say, well, you know, things, things couldn't relate. Lazarus couldn't really come out of the grave. He's been dead. And, and, and you know, they, they make up stuff. And, and, and like Jonah couldn't have really been swallowed by a great fish. If you don't believe that, you don't believe nothing. You, you believe this book from in the beginning to amen. You don't believe nothing about this book. And, and if you believe all of this book, then it is by faith. But if there's one thing in this book you don't believe, then you have no faith. You can say you got faith in everything else. No, you don't. You, we either take God at his word or we don't. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promises, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city, anybody looking for this, which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Anybody have faith in that? Anybody looking for this same city? It says that through faith, Sarah herself, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed that was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one in him as good as dead. So many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse number 14 says, they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Now they desire a better country that is in heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Mm. Isn't it amazing that God's not ashamed to be called the God of a sinner like me? I'd be ashamed of me. Anybody ashamed of your past? God said he's not. He embraced him. Confessed to a stranger. Hang on, I'll catch back up to where I was. In a secret country, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he hath prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. He received the promises, offered up his only begotten son. Of whom it was said, and Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, when, when, from whence also he received him in a figure. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was a dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning upon the top of a staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw that he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of blood, lest he, those that be destroyed, the firstborn, should touch them. Verse number 29, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. They were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. What shall I say more for time would, time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and the prophets and who through faith subdued kingdoms and wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. 
Others had trials of cruel mockings and scourging. Yea, moreover, bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. They were tempted. were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. All these having obtained a good report through faith. Received not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. You know, you notice everything in the hall of faith, everything in this chapter, which alludes to everything in this book was accomplished by faith. No, no, no matter where you turn, anywhere in, in the word of God, everything that happened, happened by faith. Samson's strength wasn't enough. Abraham's courage wasn't enough. David's military might wasn't enough. Solomon's wisdom and, and all of his glory wasn't enough. Sarah's fertility wasn't enough. The popularity of Moses wasn't enough. Enoch walked with God and was not, not because he had special favoritism as a person, but because of his faith. He, he pleased God. Every person in this book that is used greatly by God is simply used according to their faith. Why did it get so quiet? Did I read y'all to sleep? Every great deed. So every, does anybody know that God uses people? If you're a people, raise your hand. Some of you ain't people. Y'all need to go by and get an oil job on the way out and lube up your mechanical parts. God uses people. And God uses people according to their faith. How much, how much faith does it take to move a mountain? How much? Yeah, not much. Not much. It's about the size of a mustard seed. How much faith right here did it take to subdue kingdoms? Not much. Just the size of a mustard seed. Right, right here, how, how, much, how much faith did it take to obtain the promises? Wasn't much. See, it's not, about the, it's not the size of the faith that matters. It's the purity that matters. You, you can have faith the size of a watermelon, but it's full of holes that does you no good. You, you got a big faith that you believe part of this is true, but you don't believe all this, then you have no faith at all. So if you have a pure faith, it only takes about the size of a mustard seed to move mountains, to, to cast a mountain into the sea, to, to do whatsoever it is by faith. How much faith does it take for God to use a person greatly? How much faith does it take for God to use a, a church greatly? How much faith would it take from us to see God do something that no man can explain? How much faith would it take for God to use us to change this town, to change our surrounding, to change everything around, for God to do something that nobody can explain? Not much. Just the size of a mustard seed. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. How much faith did it take to make the book? You, you read the names in the Bible and, and you look at all that's here. And How much faith did it take to make the book? I mean, there's been billions and billions of people. There's 8 billion people here now. And we look at the history of more than 2,000 years. There's been billions and billions of people lived on the earth, right? So out of billions and billions and billions of people, how much faith did it take to get to be some of the ones that made the book, even though their name's not mentioned? There, there are people in here that, that they're mentioned and things that haven't been mentioned, but, but yet their name's never even given. How much faith did it take just to get in the book? How much faith did it take to get in the book and have your name mentioned? And have your story told and your life talked about? How much faith did it take to get in Hebrews chapter 11? How, how much faith did it take for, for these that are put in and, and that God himself called them out by faith? How much faith did it take? Not much. About the size of a mustard seed. 
the, 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 Bible, the Bible says that, that they'll do all things. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 is, is called there the, the, the heroes of faith. So, so what is it that made all of those people so special? Somebody answer me. Faith. What, what is it that God saw that, that was different? Why are they listed in this chapter? Faith. I, I've talked about this several times. I know you've heard me mention it before. Hypothetical. Okay, I get that. It is what it is. But let, let's say God's not sending Jesus back for another 2,000 years. Let's say God was going to write another Bible. The Holy Spirit was going to inspire men, and he was going to write a Bible on today's time to carry over to the new generation. And he would include portions of this, but he would bring up people in our time. And, and the Bible is written about the day and age in which we live. Would we make the book? Have, have we done anything in our lives for the glory of God? Have we ever shown any kind of faith that, that when that God wrote the new book? Let me ask you this. How much faith would it take to make the new book? Same amount that it took to make this one. Faith about the size of, of a mustard seed. See, I want us to be a church that works so much by faith that if God wrote another book, he would have no choice but to call you out by name. Because it's just a matter of time till I'm going to stand before him. And I'm going to have to answer for my life. I'm going to have to answer for the things I did and the things I didn't do. The things I did in the flesh, the things I did in the spirit. The day's coming. And, and even if he's not going to rewrite another book, I, 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 want, I want to be found as faithful as I can when I stand before him. We're, we're, it's, not, it's not going to be faithful then. The, the faithful time is in life now. See, I, what if the hall of faith, the new hall of faith, said by faith, they prayed together, they voted together, they followed God together as they rebuilt the trail. By faith, they moved forward, trusting God to provide all the necessary finances, do all the things that they needed to do. By faith, they rebuilt the trail, believing that others would come and be saved. By faith, they gathered and prayed that God would strengthen them for this great work. Is that the kind of faith we got? I mean, I'm asking, we, we voted, we voted, we sought God's will. So we, we understand that God has great expectations, right? Why are y'all so quiet this morning? Y'all just got enough faith I'm boring you to death? Do, do, do y'all, do, do we, do we understand what God plans to do through us? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm not getting, maybe a lot of people, maybe you've never been on that trail. Maybe, maybe you ain't going by and looked at those numbers. Do you, do you know what it means to be expecting to do something to, to see four, five, six thousand people saved in three weekends? See, that's what God's preparing this group for. That, that's what God has called us to do. Who, who knows? Do we pray for a number? I don't know. I think we've made that mistake before. You know, I think we pray for the multitudes. I think we have to look out across the multitudes with compassion. I think we need to see them with, with compassion and eyes instead of judgmental eyes. I think we need to see them where they are because that's where we were before the blood of Jesus was applied. I, I think we need to see them with compassion and heart. I think we need to be praying right now. Matter of fact, we're going to get a list to you because I want a list in your hand. I want it in your Bible. I want you praying for it every day. And the list is going to include the money we need, the materials we need, the stuff we need, the labor we need. We need all that stuff donated. We, we need all that put in. I, I, I'm going to tell you, we need, it's, just, it's just what we're praying for. I ain't going to say what we need. God's got that covered, but that, that I want us all praying for it. But you know the main thing that, that I want us, I, I don't want us praying for this October 1st. I, I want us, uh, of next year, I want us praying for this now. God, anoint us. God, empower us. Forgive me my sin. Forgive me where I failed you. Cleanse me of anything that would hinder your Holy Spirit from using me. Every evil thought, every evil deed, every evil imagination of the heart. Anything that is in me that is unclean, unholy, unpure that you can't look on. Will you forgive me? Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Make me a usable vessel. We need to be praying that now. And we need to be praying, God, will you anoint me and appoint me, God? I don't want to just pray, you therefore the Lord to send forth laborers. I'm asking you to send me as a laborer. 
I am volunteering my life to be a laborer. I want to see a harvest. And yes, I want to see a great harvest then. But I don't want to wait till then to see a soul saved. I don't want to wait till then to see God make a difference in my life. Use me to make a difference in somebody else's life. So, so everything that, that we do is, is, is by faith. How many of you believe that if we start praying right now for that hardest of heart? Anybody know the one I'm talking about? That Bible ain't nothing to that. I don't believe in none of that stuff. You ever tried talking to them? Ain't nothing, ain't nothing. Fairy tales and old stories. I grew up in church. My parents made me go. I've been there, done that. Got the t-shirt, sweatshirt, hoodie, pants, shoes. I got it all. I don't know that. Y'all know the ones I'm talking about? What if we started praying now for God to prepare the hardest of heart? Hey, some of them are family members. Some of them are friends and coworkers. Some of them are people that we truly don't want to see go to hell, but their lifestyle says they are. And we want to see God make a difference in their life. What if we start praying for them now? That the Holy Spirit begins to prepare them now. I mean, can you imagine the magnitude of the people we'd see saved in October? Can you imagine the cold-hearted, hard-hearted people that would walk into here with their attitude and come out of the other end broken? See, those people I'm talking about right now, they're not coming here. They sure ain't coming up like he's alive. We're having it. They're not coming in the church door. And, and they ain't planning on coming to that right there. And they're like, like Greg's family just won't back off and they come, but I ain't going to get saved. I'll, I'll just go to the show with you. I'll be there. I'll go waste my $15, but I'll go with you. And that's the attitude they bring. But if we've been praying for them for 10 months and God's been positioning their heart, we don't know what storms that they've been through. We don't know when the ground was tilled. We don't know when the roads were laid out. We don't know when, when the soil was fertilized and the seed was placed in the ground. And we don't know how many times it's been watered. But if we start praying for them now and give the, the seed time to grow, then we can expect a great harvest. Is anybody expecting a great harvest? It's by faith. It's by faith. It, it, it's up to you and I to pray for them by faith. Some of them, if we start praying now, I have no doubt the Holy Spirit will get on them before they ever get to October. And they can get saved well before October. But it's up to you and I by faith. We know that God gave us marching orders, right? Anybody know that? We know that God gave us marching orders. Now I'll go ahead and tell you. They're, they're bigger than we are. The, the things that God, I love the idea I love the idea because I've always said the thing, try something bigger than yourself. Well, that's what that is. That's bigger than us unless you know something I don't know. But if we're willing to try something bigger than ourselves, how is it that we march forward? It's by faith. Everything we do is by faith. I want to ask you guys if you would to stand. Band, you guys, you guys can come on. We, um, sometimes, do, do y'all know it can be a little scary to pray, God, increase my faith? Y'all know, anybody know that? God, increase my faith? Because sometimes you got to go through some stuff to see your faith increased. See, when we got saved, we didn't have faith. We had faith to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the blood, forgiveness of sin. We had enough faith to get saved. But we hadn't seen God do anything yet. But we've seen God do some stuff now. The longer you've been saved, the more things you've been through in life and the more trials, the more times you've seen God make a way out of no way. You've seen God show up in the darkest time of the night and turn the lights on when you thought it wasn't ever going to come on again. So, so we have faith because of the things we've seen. So when we pray, God, increase our faith. I kind of want to put a rider on that. Just make it easy. <laughs> just, just, just touch it and, and increase it. Kind of like patience. Anybody ever here pray for patience? God help you. God help you. I made that mistake one time. I just have to stay impatient. 
God, God doesn't hand out patience. God teaches patience. And for an impatient person, you get well reminded of how much people around here can't drive. There's no such thing as green lights. They all turn red right before you get there. There's no such thing as, as an express lane. I don't care where you go. All the lines are backed up. And when you finally get there, the person in front of you, their credit got denied. Now you got to sit there while they put it all back or go get something else. Y'all know what I'm talking about? There's things that you pray for. You got to know God will deliver those. But you got to earn some stuff. We don't have the faith that we have now without God having taught us faith. Anybody say amen? So I, I, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to put a, a scare out to anybody, but I'm just trying to make it real. When you pray, God, increase my faith. You, you're praying for God to do something in you. And, and you may have to, we, we may have to go through some stuff to see God do that. But I really want to know the truth. Is there anybody in here that wants your faith stronger? Is there anybody in here that wants to see God use this church to do something mighty? On, on our bulletin, is it our church or is it our slogan to change our surroundings one soul at a time? If it's a slogan, we just need to take it off. We just need to take it off. It sounds nice and Sunday school churchy and all that sounds good. But if it's a slogan, there's no reason for it to be on there. But if it's a reality, changing our surroundings one soul at a time, we need to see some people getting saved. We need to see God using us to do some things. We need to be praying together as a people for God to appoint us and anoint us to do a great work. And we need to be praying for a hedge of protection around this campus as we do all the things we've got to do. And that God will prepare the people that he's going to send us to talk to. That God will prepare the people he's going to bring here for us to show. Are we all in? All in by faith. I, I'm going to ask us if we could pray together. You don't have to come to the altar, but I, I appreciate it. I mean, I'd love it if, if the altar is a place you're comfortable. It's, it's certainly a great place to... To, to pray, maybe you want to like to sit where you are, kneel where you are, it doesn't make any difference. But what I do want us to do is, is to pray. God, increase our faith. Everything in there is by faith. Everything that I've read in your book is by faith. And God, it is my heart's desire. If you wrote another book about my day and time, God, use me enough that you could mention me in the book. Do you want to do something great for God? I'm going to ask you guys, if you would, if you'll come on and pray. Bow your heads where you are, where you're going to do. But I want to ask you before they sing, is there anybody that you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior by faith? If you've never trusted Christ, you've got, you got to get priorities right. It's by faith that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. It's by faith that you believe that Jesus died on Calvary's cross shed his blood for remission of sin. It's by faith you believe that he was raised on the third day. It's by faith that you ascended, that he ascended into the heavens and seated at the right hand of the Father, preparing a place. And it's by faith that you know that he's coming again to get us, that where he is, there he shall be also. It's by faith you believe those things. It's by faith that you believe the word of God and the things that are in there. But by faith, you still have to trust Jesus Christ. And Lord, I believe what you said. I believe in the blood and I believe in salvation. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've never asked you to save my soul before, but I'm asking you now to come into my heart. I'm asking you now to forgive me of my sins and save my soul in Jesus' name. Put my name in the Lamb's book of life. I just want to be a child of God. You can do that right here. You can do it on live stream. You can do it wherever you are. Any day of the week, any time of day. The Holy Spirit's always there. God is always listening. But that's you right now. It's not a poem. It's a surrender of the heart. Father, save my soul in Jesus' name. Jesus simplified everything at the cross. All the work's been done. All the hard stuff's been done. It's just up to you to trust him.